Our Old Testament reading this morning is from Exodus chapter 25, verses 23 through 30. And we are in the most exciting section of the whole Bible here. This is the uh, starting verse 23. This is where, um, where God is explaining to Moses how to build the table that's going to go in the tabernacle. What's going to happen? <laughs> Riveting. Um, it may not be the most exciting section of the whole Bible, and yet it is all given for our good. And uh, one of the things that we do on Wednesday nights as we're looking through the whole Bible is, how is this pointing us to Jesus? Because it all does somehow. And, um, and when we consider the tabernacle itself and what it was there for, and then we see how Jesus fulfills that in himself, uh, it sure makes reading about the tabernacle actually more exciting. So anyway, I'll let you think on that. Uh, this is Exodus 25, verses 23 through 30. And before we read, let us pray. Heavenly Father, we do thank you for this day that you have made. And God, we do thank you for your word which you have given to us. And God, we do uh, pray that you would help us as we hear your word read and proclaimed today to, uh, to pay attention to what you're saying. God, help us uh, to see what you would have us to see. Help us to hear what you'd have us to hear. God, we pray that by your word and by your spirit, you'd help us to be the people that you have made us to be in relationship with you through Jesus. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Exodus chapter 25, starting in verse 23. Make a table of acacia wood, two cubits long, a cubit wide and a cubit and a half high. Overlay it with pure gold and make a gold molding around it. Also make around it a rim a handbreadth wide and put a gold molding on the rim. Make four gold rings for the table and fasten them to the four corners where the four legs are. The rings are to be close to the rim to hold the poles used in carrying the table. Make the poles of acacia wood. Overlay them with gold and carry the table with them. And make its plates and dishes of pure gold as well as its pitchers and bowls for the pouring out of offerings. Put the bread of the presence on this table to be before me at all times. Turning then to our gospel reading, Luke chapter 6, verses 37 through 42. This is Jesus speaking, and he says, Do not judge, and you will not be judged. Do not condemn, and you will not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Give, and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, will be poured into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. He also told them this parable. Can the blind lead the blind? Will they not both fall into a pit? A student is not above the teacher, but everyone who is fully trained will be like their teacher. Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, brother, let me take the speck out of your eye when you yourself fail to see the plank in your own eye? You hypocrite. First, take the plank out of your eye, and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. This is the word of the Lord. Many of you have uh, probably had the conversation with somebody at some point in your life where uh, you try to decide, would you rather be blind or deaf? 
You ever had that conversation with somebody? Yeah? And you kind of reason your way through it as to which one, I mean, like, I'd rather be neither. (laughs) But if it's one or the other, which one would you pick and why? I'm going to take it a step farther, though. So instead of would you rather be blind or deaf, if you think about your five senses, you've got uh, sight and uh, hearing and smell and taste and touch, okay? Those are your options. If you could only have one, which would you keep? All the rest of them go away. You only get to keep one. Which would you keep? Again, sight, hearing, smell, taste, touch. That's a hard one, isn't it? As soon as you think you've settled on one, you're like, "Mm, no, I remember another one now. I want that one too. It's hard, isn't it? You don't want to just have one. Take a moment. This is Thanksgiving week. Take a moment to thank God that he gave you more than one sense. (laughs) That you actually do have five senses with which you can interact uh, with your physical environment. Um, There's a comedian years ago uh, who talked about uh, how the, our lip skin is different than the rest of our face skin. And he's like, once he noticed that, now nah, he just can't not notice that. So you're welcome. Anyway, but he started talking about imagining if your whole body was made out of your lip skin and how weird that would be. And he's like, you'd have to have like this giant uh, like chapstick uh, thing in your house that you're like rubbing up against like a cat or something every day. It's, anyway, it's weird, right? It's weird. And that's not how we're made. We're actually made with different parts of our body having different senses, different abilities, and, uh, and they're just different, just different body parts, different types. And uh, I don't know, I mean, for me, it's the kind of thing where the more I learn about how the body works, I am fascinated that it works at all <laughs> and so very thankful that everything has been put together like it's put together um, so that it works like it does. It's amazing. Anyway, uh, so much of, of creation that the more you look at it, the more you just want to respond with praise. I think that's the idea. Anyway, today we're looking at um, the Apostle Paul using this, uh, this image of a body as an illustration of what it means uh, to uh, belong to Christ. What it means to have the different gifts that we have. And this is something he's you know, started talking about uh, earlier in chapter 12 as he's writing to this church in Corinth. And he's going to continue talking about this for a while. And we're going to continue looking at this for a while. And so last week I said we're not going to look at everything in one week. Same with today. But uh, this time he specifically goes in. I also said last week I was going to really try to not use the word body last week because I knew it was coming this week. You're going to hear it a lot this week. Here we go. This is uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, starting in verse 12 and going to uh, verse 31, end of the chapter. It says, Just as a body, though one, has many parts, but all its many parts form one body, So it is with Christ. For we were all baptized by one spirit, so as to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free. And we were all given the one spirit to drink. Even so, the body is not made up of one part, but of many. 
Now, if the foot should say, well, because I'm not a hand, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being part of the body. And if the ear should say, well, because I'm not an eye, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, right, the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has placed the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And the parts that we think are less honorable, we treat with special honor. And the parts that are unpresentable are treated with special modesty while our presentable parts need no special treatment. But God has put the body together, giving greater honors, honor to the parts that lacked it, so that there should be no division in the body, but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. Now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. And God has placed in the church, first of all, apostles, second, prophets, third, teachers, then uh, miracles, then gifts of healing, of helping, of guidance, and of different kinds of tongues. Are all apostles? Are all prophets? Are all teachers? Do all work miracles? Do all have gifts of healing? Do all speak in tongues? Do all interpret? Now, eagerly desire the greater gifts. And I will show you the most excellent way. Now, just so you know, this is actually, he's leading into something else that we're going to talk about uh, during Advent. Um, in this, this most excellent way that we're going to look at. If you would like to look at uh, 1 Corinthians 13 and maybe just every day read that all through Advent, that'd probably be a good thing. If you wanted to accidentally memorize it. Um, by reading it so much, or maybe on purpose memorize it. I think that would be time well spent. Anyway, but we're not going to look at that today. <laughs> we're looking at what we just read, this uh, looking at what it means to have the many parts but one body. And it's pretty straightforward, isn't it? Sometimes we read these passages and we're like, what is he talking about? And we kind of, this one, I don't think we really need to do that. This one's pretty straightforward. We all have this, uh, I, like we know what it means when he talks about there being um, many parts and one body. And so just as we were talking about the senses earlier and you're like, look, I wouldn't want to go without some of my senses. Like I want all of that. And the same thing, that's what he's saying. It takes every part. Um, but I think what is important to point out, because I think we are always at risk of just sort of reading over this part and missing it. <clears throat> is that he doesn't say, just as a body, though one has many parts, but all, has, all its parts form one body, so it is with you. He doesn't say that. He says, so it is with Christ. Because as we read through all of this, the focus is not on us. The focus is on Christ. And that when we're talking about our many parts but one body, 
You could talk about that in a sense of a team or in a sense of an orchestra or all kinds of things that would have that same illustration, that same point, if the point were we're all working together for a common goal. But his point is that we are united in Christ. And so it's not a matter of just any goal that we're trying to achieve and, hey, if we all work together, we can do it. It's a matter of we have been uh, chosen and called and saved and redeemed by Christ. And we have been united in him. And so it is not that we are a body. It is that we are the body of Christ. Can't miss that, right? Can't miss that. Now, as he goes on, uh, he does give these, oh, because I'm, not a, because I'm not a hand, I don't belong to the body. And I'm going to go through this uh, pretty quickly, but with pointing out some things that we may have felt from time to time. Maybe this is how you're feeling today. Maybe it's something you felt in the past. You may have had this kind of feeling of, uh, oh, now if the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I do not belong to the body, etc. You ever had that feeling? You look at what somebody else is doing, how they are uh, using their gifts to serve others in the life of the church, and you go, well, I'm not doing that, so I probably don't. I don't really have a place. What does he say about that? Stop that thinking. <laughs> That's like the foot uh, saying, well, I'm not a hand. I mean, I look at all the things the hand does, and I don't, I don't do any of those things. What? They just tuck me away in shoes, and off I go. It's like, no, that's still part of the body and an important part. And the same, uh, the ear should say, because I'm an eye, I do not belong to the body. It would not, for that reason, stop being part of the body. You may have heard the expression, comparison is the thief of joy. If you've not, you have now, and you're welcome. Comparison is the thief of joy. It's when we start looking at, uh, at each other like this, and well, because I'm not like them, and I'm nothing. No, stop it, stop it, stop it. Instead, he makes the, makes the point. Uh, this doesn't cut you off from belonging and contributing. In fact, he's, if the whole body were an eye, right? Like you just said, the ear should say, well, I'm not an eye, I don't belong. Okay, well, let's just take that farther. Let's say every part of the body is like, well, if I were an eye, that would be great. Then I really belong. Because look at what the eye can do. I can't do that. Okay, fine. So every part becomes an eye. That's no good. Because now, where would the sense of hearing be? You know, if the whole body were an ear, this is, um, that is not a desirable thing. It's a monstrous thing, right? And the reason is because every part has a different purpose. And this is why he gets to the uh, main line there. Of, but in fact, God has placed the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. I think it's pretty natural for uh, us as humans to kind of look around and be like, well, what if I were more like them? Maybe I could be more like that. What if God had gifted me differently than he did? What if he had made me more like them? And to do that is to reject who God has made us to reject the gifts that he's given us and to actually say no to the purposes that he's put before us is in um, 
was it Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10? For it says, we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God prepared in advance for us to do. As long as we're wishing we had gifts we don't have, we're not doing the works that he's prepared for us to do, that he has gifted us to do. God has placed the parts of the body in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. And so, now we look at the flip side of what he was saying earlier of, you know, that comparison and like, oh, you're wishing like you're something else. The flip side of it is, you're very glad you've got the gifts that you have. And you think that because you have these gifts and you're doing such amazing things, that the people who aren't doing those things, they're not really part of the body. We don't need them. And he's like, no, that's not true either. (laughs) If we stop for a moment and actually think about it, that's not how that works either. And so um, the eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. Think about it. This is how the body works together. The body can think about where to go, but without the feet, it's going to have a hard time getting there. Or the head can think about it. The eye can, uh, can look at something it wants to pick up, but without the hand, it's going to have a hard time picking it up. They're gonna, they need each other. This is common sense. We know this. Um, and so in the same way, no pride. We all need each other. And we need the people who have the gifts that we don't have. Um, and he goes through talking about how some are more visible. But that doesn't mean that they're more honorable. And there's some that are less visible. That doesn't mean they're less honorable. Uh, in fact, that's one of the really cool things um, to see from time to time is people who are doing all kinds of amazing things behind the scenes. No one knows they do it, they did do it that they do it. It just kind of happens. It just kind of, I don't know, it gets done. I never thought about it. And to, um, like, sometimes I get glimpses into that kind of thing and see uh, the ways that people use their gifts to serve others almost invisibly. And I think there's something very honorable in that. This is part of what he's talking about. And then, uh, of course, he comes back to, but God has put the body together, giving greater honor to the parts that lacked it so there should be no division in the body. But as parts should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. I'm assuming everybody here has been in physical pain of some sort at some point in your life. Fair enough? If you have been in uh, a lot of pain, that severe or excruciating pain, it kind of doesn't matter which part of you is feeling it, does it? Like your whole body wants that gone. And, um, and it's, it, it affects the whole thing. And sometimes you can't even think straight because of the pain that you're experiencing. And this is the, uh, the image he gives us when he's talking about what it should look like as a body, as the body of Christ. That when there is suffering, individually we don't go, I'm glad that wasn't me that that happened to. But instead, there's actually a sense where it's like, but that is me. That does affect me. 
We are connected. And the suffering that they are experiencing, I share in that. And I hurt with them. I suffer alongside. This is suffering with us, compassion. This is what we see uh, Jesus doing for us, and this is what we do as the body of Christ for each other. So he says again, now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. And then he goes through this list. And I'm just going to caution you, you may not want to like write down this list and be like, which one of these am I? Because he gives different lists in different letters. Probably because it's not just these things. But these are examples of things. And so you can look at these. Apostles, prophets, teachers, miracles, healing, helping, guidance, and different kinds of tongues as examples of the ways in which God has uh, arranged or placed the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. And then he goes through, are all apostles? Are all? And he goes through not even the same list again. He has a slightly different list here. Some overlap. It's like, no. Does every part of the body see? No. Does every part of the body hear? No. But, again, God has placed the parts in the body, every one of them, as he wanted them to be. This uh, kind of cooperation in the body, this kind of unity in the body, is not normal (laughs) between people, right? What is worldly, when you look in Galatians chapter 5, and he says the the acts of the sinful nature, acts of the flesh, they're obvious. And some of the things that he goes through, that this is just the normal way that people act apart from the Spirit of God in their lives, is hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, envy. Think about this. Imagine for a moment that the parts of your body, the parts of your own physical body, think about your different organs, your brain, your lungs, your heart, kidney, spleen, and if they were independently acting like this in your body, with hatred towards each other, with discord, with jealousy, with fits of rage. Some of you may have felt that in some of your organs from time to time. Selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, envy. Does that feel good? No, that doesn't feel good. You know what you need to do if your organs are doing this? You've got to get to a doctor fast. Because <laughs> that's not how the body is supposed to operate. But then you look and uh, it says the fruit of the Spirit, though. Love, joy, peace, forbearance kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Imagine if the parts of your body were acting that way towards each other. That's a good day, right? That's how it's supposed to be. That's how it's supposed to function together. This is why it says a little bit earlier in Galatians uh, 5, it says, for the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command, love your neighbor as yourself. If you bite and devour each other, watch out or you will be destroyed by each other. This is very similar to what he says in Romans 12. 
Romans 12 uses the same image. It says, for just as us, uh, for just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ, we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. You get the point. We've been gifted differently, and instead of spending our time wishing we had different gifts, it's no, just use the gifts you've been given. There are things to be done. Your gifts are needed, and it all serves uh, together the body of Christ. One other thing that we may miss in this, because it's really easy to do, is we start hearing about the body of Christ. We hear, you know, he's writing to the church, etc., and we can think to ourselves, oh, he's talking about this particular congregation, that we are the body of Christ. And on the one hand, true, but it's not just us, is it? Pop quiz, how many churches are there in El Dorado? One. Right? There is one body of Christ. And we worship in different spaces and at different times, sometimes in different ways. But we are a part of one body that is not just in El Dorado, but all around the world, and not just now, but that has been in existence since the time of Jesus. As he goes uh, away and tells the disciples the Holy Spirit is going to come, and there we have it. The church has been going ever since then, spreading around the world. And always, when people are baptized, baptized in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, it means we are baptized into Christ. We become a part of the body of Christ. And so, that is much bigger than just us. And it's important to note that. But it's also important to not say, well, because it's so big, it's just, then I don't have a place. <laughs> then we've missed it again. The whole point is, if you have been baptized into Christ, you belong to the body of Christ. You are a part of the body of Christ. You have a function as a part of the body of Christ. And you have been gifted to perform that function as a part of the body of Christ. And not just on your own, but you've been brought together with others who will have different functions and different gifts, but brought together not to compete, but to cooperate and serve one another and the world in the name of Jesus, in the way of Jesus, with the love of Jesus, and all by the power of the Holy Spirit. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.